daily episode-by-episode podcast where we discuss the television show Supernatural. I am one of your hosts, Dan, and with me, as always... This is wife, Penny. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good. We're pretty late on this one. I had a full day of work today. Yeah, that blew. It was a drag, so this one's out late, but, you know, I I honestly don't think that it's going to matter too much. I don't think anyone's going to know. I notice, and that's all that matters. All right. Kidding. Sorry about that. We'll try that's to okay. get we'll try to get it earlier, but yeah, this time of the season it gets tough. Um, so we talked about this a little bit in our last episode. Is um, we were going to just discuss Evil Dead really quick because <laughs> we watched that. So we got through the rest of the first episode. I think we only had like a half hour left of that one. And then we watched Evil Dead 2 and Evil Dead 3. Let's start with Evil Dead 1. It's the original. In this one, Ash is not the manliest man in the world. He's kind of just a background character with everyone else, it seems. But he is like the one guy that survives the whole thing. What did you think of Evil Dead 1, the original? I thought it was horrible. All right. So in Evil Dead 2, it gets a little bit more comical yeah and not in a good way i didn't think it picks up right where this is a fun thing about the the series though it picks up right where the first one left off i mean like they do a little bit of uh revisionism because he says it was just him and a girl at the cabin but we know that there was like a whole group of people that went to the cabin yeah i think there was originally five there's three girls and two guys so yeah five yeah i mean they got so they so they didn't have to pay those uh, actors <laughs> any uh, anything to for a second movie to be had. And then it's just kind of a continuation of the story. If you don't know, it's about the Book of the Dead and this thing. Um, in the first one, it seems to kick up some evil spirits. Then we learn in the second one that it actually is a doorway between where evil lives in real life. And then in the third one... It gets completely out of hand as he gets transported back to back in time to uh, 1400 AD, um, which I don't get the years and the dates. They said the book was wrote 3,000 years ago, but somehow it creates a teleporter to the year 1400 AD, and the sets look like a, they're part of a high school musical, and the entire thing is just filmed in Southern California. I mean, you can tell that they're at Griffith Park or something. It's, it is just SoCal set. It is so bad. And uh, yeah, they try to make it off, and they kept saying uh, Arthur. They never said it was King Ar- Arthur though in the oldie days, but it was Lord Arthur. No. Lord Arthur, and you know, Lord Arthur and his army of about eh, forty people <laughs> in their castle that has nothing in it except the walls around it. And the walls are only on, like, two sides of the thing. <laughs> I mean, it really uh, was janky. Uh, all of the production quality, you could tell, was spent with stop-motion animation and all this stuff. Yeah, let me just say, going back to the castle, it was not Helm's Deep. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> if anyone knows. Right, yeah. It's, it's very Lord of the Rings-esque. Uh, the monsters in it and whatnot. You could see what they were going for, but man, now that there is Lord of the Rings out there, <laughs> this thing just looks so insanely cheesy. I'm guessing, though, in high school, if I'd have watched it, I'd have dug it. 
Well, probably, but yeah, the stop motion. I mean, Celestine, I'm like, oh my God, this reminds me of the Nightmare Before, Nightmare Before Christmas. It was just so bad. Yeah, it's the exact same technology. Um, it's the same as Clash of the Titans and all that. Um, so I, it is an art form, though. I mean, if you kind of dig that form of, I don't know, you wouldn't call it animation. I guess you call claymation animation, stop motion. Yeah, I guess so. Some form of animation. So if you're into that, I mean, it is definitely interesting to check out. Uh, Ash, there's a new series. We haven't seen that at all. Um, there's a lot of sound drops in there that I've heard from a lot of other things. So it's kind of cool to just hear those. Like, hail to the king, baby. Like, I thought that was something from an Elvis movie. <laughs> I didn't realize it was Ashton in uh, Evil Dead 3. Or, I, yeah, I don't know. Or whatever. It's not called Evil Dead 3. It's called... Army of Darkness. Ar yeah. Army of Darkness. But what's fun is that Bruce Campbell plays Ash Williams in these movies. But the opening credits of that movie, it said... Bruce Campbell versus the Army of Darkness. And I was like, hey, wait. Yeah, it should have been Ash Williams versus <laughs> Army of Darkness. Yes, I noticed that too. Well, I think by then Bruce Campbell was the much, much bigger name. Uh, he's been in a million things, it looks like. Well, around that time, and I never watched the show, but I do remember it. He was in a show called Briscoe County Jr., where he was like the lead. It was like an old-timey Western where he really? was the lead. Really? Yeah. I didn't realize he was in that. Yeah, I never saw it, but I remember that when that show was on. Hmm, maybe a show to add to Penultimate Warriors. That could be. Uh, just really quick note, Penultimate Warriors is another podcast that I have. You can look it up and find it. It's coming out soon. We don't have any episodes published yet. Um, okay, so that was our quick Evil Dead roundup. You didn't care for it too much. I found it interesting. I'll probably never have to watch it again. Oh, I'll definitely never have to watch it again. Yeah. Uh, scare Factor, zero. <laughs> Humor Factor, Five. The what factor? Humor factor. Humor factor five. Um, Although when the blood was gushing, that was a good solid ten humor factor. <laughs> the over-the-top blood gushing. Uh, when the one zombie creature, whatever, in the floor has her head like stuck in this trap door and someone jumps on and the eyeball pops out and sails through the air and then the one chick swallows it. Yeah. It's kind of like, what is going on? It's it, it's all pretty silly, but I don't know. If you haven't seen it, go watch them. Oh, don't waste your time. That's, that's just time of your life you'll never get back. With a caveat, don't have anything better to do. <laughs> all right, but let, I want to get into something a lot more enjoyable than that five-hour slog. It was today's episode uh, Supernatural Tall Tale. This was season two, episode... Fifteen. Fifteen, all right. Uh, it's called Tall Tale. Tall Tales. Tall Tales. And it, uh, I gotta tell you, it was one of my uh, more favorite episodes so far. Yeah, definitely. I was uh, saying earlier, and then he told me not to talk about it because of the fact that he wanted to come in this fresh, but it's not like my top five. Because there are so many episodes, it could never be. But it is a, one of the favorite of mine, favorites of mine. Right, and uh, we'll get into more of this here in a moment. I don't want to spoil anything just yet. But they use a storytelling technique in this show that is the 
was the same storytelling technique that X-Files did beautifully one episode where the two main characters are telling a third person their story and from their point of view. So you get to kind of see how each other sees each other. Right. And uh, that was really fun. So uh, we'll try to hit that in these notes and call out. Because the whole, I'd say the first 75% of this show is uh, recap, backstory, backflash, um, getting, getting Bobby up to speed. Yeah, it, it really is because, um, yeah, it's really funny to see how Sam really views Dean and how Dean really views Sam. So the episode starts off with a recap, and this recap is from the episode that I've disliked the most so far, and that's their Prank Wars episode. And they just recapped all through their pranking on each other stuff. And I tell you, when I saw that happen, and I was, I was refreshing my soda or something, I was like, oh, this is going to suck. If this is more of this, I'm out. I, I mean, I wouldn't be out, but I felt like, oh, my Lord, I hope that <laughs> isn't where this is going. Is part two. No, it was a very prank-heavy reca- heavy recap, but I think it was just um, to kind of show you sometimes the strains uh, that these two go through with their relationship because they spend so much time together. And they spend it. They're either in a car or a crappy motel room. Well, based on the story here, I think they showed that to show that, hey, these guys do screw with each other. So these initial questions that they're going to have and we're going to cover here, they wouldn't really be out of the realm for these two guys to have um, these initial conflicts we have. But let's get into that in just a moment. I want to start with the uh, before the uh, uh, before the Supernatural Stinger logo uh, happens. It's nighttime. There's a girl outside. She's waiting for a professor. The professor comes home, assumes she's a student. She uh, gets herself invited up to his place. It's his, but it's not home. It's his office. Yeah. Was it at offices or apartments? Or? It, was this, it was this Crawford Hall that they talked about earlier. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't figure out if people lived there or worked there or what. No, it's just part of the campus. Okay. Fights up to, okay, up to his office. She then admits, hey, I'm not a student uh, here. The professor. Professor asks, why are you here then? She then stares him down for like five seconds solid. Nothing moves. It wasn't like just, I'm staring a little bit too long to make this uncomfortable. It was kind of like, I'm staring too long to make this seem too long. It was it was like a really odd pause. Yeah, but she did kind of have a sheepish look in her eye, though. It's not like she was just staring at him like she was dead. In my notes, I I noted this as double uncomfortable time. (laughs) Well, the professor seems a little bit of a creep because he's like, oh, I understand. I'm a a big wheel in the community. You're young and vulnerable, and I'm old and sexy. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't put it like that, but that was pretty much his tenor. Uh, The whole thing then turns uh, sexual. They start kissing. Uh, while they're kissing, she like gets all crusty and frosted over eyeballs, turns zombie looking, pulls back, freaks him the hell out. And then she does this creepy like, what's wrong? Don't you still love me? Don't you think I'm pretty? Uh, then we have a scene cut here. This is kind of unusual before the uh, logo. There's a scene cut and then we see a totally different dude uh, walking outside, leaving that hall. And then the professor just drops out of thin air behind him. 
Yeah, and he turns around and looks and doesn't really look surprised or anything. You're like, whoa, is this, is this something this, this guy sees every day or why is he so nonchalant about it? <laughs> yeah, like, oh. I was like, well, that must be a tough school, man. People are just <laughs> leaping off the roofs. He's kind of like, ah, oh, look at that. <laughs> All right, so then we have the, uh, the graphic and we see it's a week later. Do you want me to go through this and then you fill in on color? Um, sure, yeah, that's, that's fine. Okay. So the boys are hanging out. Sam is reading and researching, it seems. And Dean is in bed um, just eating French fries. Looked um, like chili fries, chili cheese fries. Oh, it looked really good. I wanted some. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's eating big sloppy food in Sam's bed for some reason, which doesn't make sense. He's just generally being a dick to Sam. <laughs> Sam mentions that his research would go a lot faster if he had his computer. Dean then mentions that his car screwed up. Uh, did he mention it there? I don't. Yeah. He did. Oh, that's right, because Sam said, oh, why don't you just go someplace? Like, oh, I would, but the car is screwed up. That's right. Yeah. Bobby comes to the door, and the boys are both very happy to see him. Um, it seemed like maybe just having a third person and not just staring at each other was a relief for them. And they explain that they had a job, but they don't think Bobby's going to believe what they have to say. It's too long and convoluted to go over on the phone, too. That's why Bobby had to come on over and visit in person. Yeah, Bobby's like, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, I believe a lot of things. So just, you know, tell me what you got. Tell me what the story is. So, so Sam starts telling a backstory, and so it's flashback time. Uh, they're following the story. They... They, Sam and Dean, were following the story of the professor, and they believe um, that there is some sort of haunting there because the building has a haunting story attached to it. They were, at, they were at a bar. They get some background on this Crawford Hall and its haunting. The story is there was a girl having an affair with the professor, and she jumped out of room 669. Yeah, she jumped out of that room allegedly because the professor tried to call it off with her and she just couldn't take it, so she flung herself to her death. And so that's, so, you know, they're thinking, Sam is thinking this time, and it's just Sam talking to these people, you know, thinking in his mind, well, I guess maybe this could be a, a type of haunting. He didn't really say anything at that point, but. Dean is at the bar and he's slamming purple nurples <laughs> and he's got a girl with him named Starla. Uh, that he wants to get with. Now, yeah, a, a grown man slamming purple nurples is gross. <laughs> he should have better pride in himself. And this starlet chick looks like road trash. She did. And at one point, it looks like she's going to barf right there. And she, you know, is holding it like a trooper. <laughs> yeah, it was like her weave was all half hanging out. And her, she was just dirty and gross. Smudged makeup, I think. Well, it wasn't that bad. I don't think her makeup was much, but she definitely wasn't. She was trash. She wasn't very classy. Let's put it that way. You're right. Oh, Dean interrupts. So now we're back in the present time. Dean interrupts and is like, hey, wait, wait, wait. And he starts telling his version. So we go back and we see uh, Starla and Dean are at, at a bar. And they are now both very classy individuals. 
they uh, they're talking very sexy with each other. They look fantastic, and Starla admits that she is just so overwhelmed with Dean's good looks, and they start making out. <laughs> what she says, like looking at the sun. Yeah. <laughs> Like, well, when you hear the pop and go blind, tell me, lady. Uh, then Sam comes up, and he looks like kind of a douche. He's being rude and interrupting, and eventually his words just turn into blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so this is when I was like, ah, they're doing the X-Files thing. Yes. Um, do you remember which episode of X-Files that was? I believe it was a, it was the Mandroid episode. Yeah, it was the Mandroid episode. Um, Do you remember what it was named or anything? Um, Jesse would, Ventura was in it. Jesse Ventura was in it. Yeah, it was just the the whole thing with the alien abduction thing is all. Our, the uh, the the fake alien abduction interrupted by the real alien abduction. Yep. Yeah. So that's a really fun episode of X Files. Um, that is my favorite X Files. Because they both uh, Scully and Mulder retell this entire backstory to a story writer so they don't actually solve any crime or anything in this it's just them telling this whole tale but you get it from both of their two different versions and there's a lot of comedy built into it so <laughs> they're uh paying an i i think an homage here it's just so blatant that it's the exact same tactic and i've never seen that anywhere else any other show do they pull this gag um not that i uh, recall yeah, I don't think I've ever seen this gag before, but this is a good version of it. Sam then interrupts Dean's version, and then Bobby gets uh, upset because they're bickering like an old married couple. <laughs> of course, uh, I think Dean says, like, hey, at least old married couples can leave each other. I'm stuck with this idiot. Something like that. Yeah, he goes, I'm stuck with him like a Siamese twin. And Sam goes, it's conjoined twin. <laughs> And Dean's like, see, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Sam starts telling his side of the story again. And uh, this time, though, we're picking up uh, at a different investigation. Or at the investigation. That's what I mean to say. At the investigation of this guy that jumped out. So they're dressed up as repairmen or something like that. I don't know. They Repair had matching yeah, jackets on that looked like they were repairmen of something. Um, I'm assuming electricity because they see when... Yeah, it's electricians or yeah. something. Uh, there's another guy with him, uh, the building's janitor, I think it was. And he was telling him, like, hey, you know, that guy that leaped out the window when he came up here, he wasn't alone. So Sam's trying to get some more information out of him. And at this point, Dean starts shoving a bunch of food in his mouth. What was he shoving in his mouth? It was like that marshmallow game where you pack as many marshmallows in and count. Um, yeah, it looked like a looked like he had caramels because when I was looking at the bowl that he was holding, and it just looked like he was shoving caramels in his face. Yeah, he would have spit and saliva going everywhere. It was gross. Sam asks, "Hey, is there a room six six nine? There isn't." I was thinking about that too, and at first seeing that building, I was like, "Okay, well." If it's 669, that means that there has to be at least six floors, and there has to be at least 69 rooms per floor to come up with that number. I'm like, that building does not look that big. No, it wasn't. Yeah, the janitor, I believe, said there was only four floors on that building. Yeah, so in the back of my mind, even before the janitor says, he's like, no, it's only four floors. There's no such thing. They go. The boys go back to their hotel room. 
Um, by the way, they got like their hotel room. Uh, the theme of it is poor person's apartment. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so blurred the line between a hotel and an apartment. The only reason why I know it's a hotel room is because later on they say they lock the door and they don't get maid service. Right, right. Um, but they go back to uh, the room to start discussing what they've found out. Sam finds that his computer's been broken, and the screen is froze on BustyAsianBeauties.com. <laughs> this is an ongoing joke, right? That's like his favorite porno? Yes, you'll hear that website and magazine a lot through Supernatural. Is there really a Busty Asian Beauties magazine? I think just for this show. Um, <laughs> but I was reading some information on this episode, and at the time, if you went to BustyAsianBeauties.com, it took you to the CW's website. Oh, okay, okay. So, so they were smart enough to buy the domain name before they wrote it. Exactly. Before they aired it. That's cool. I've done that a couple of times when a TV show has a fake website. I'm always like, ooh, is that available for sale? <laughs> I just think that'd be fun, you know. Own a piece of Hollywood history. Ooh. Someone else's website. <laughs> um, at this point, though, Bobby interrupts and asks a couple of questions. Uh, the boys, though, reveal that the apartment was clean. There's no EMF, no nothing. Uh, but we know that something weird's going on. And there's more to the story. Yeah, they said, now, this next part, they didn't witness it. They were just going by what they heard. There's a college boy. Uh, he was walking through the, uh, in front of that building or, you know, courtyard or somewhere around campus. Here's some swooshing overhead. There's a light from overhead. Then a big, powerful light drops down and beams him up, sucks him up UFO style. <laughs> commercial. Yeah, now we go to commercial. Come back from commercial, and Bobby is there saying, uh, there is no such thing as aliens. I have researched this. It's all crackpots and kooks. There's, he's never found a real alien abduction. Yeah, so then um, I was trying to think what I was going to say about the alien abduction. Yeah, but they really made it look like, wow, Supernatural is going to get into alien abductions? I can't believe this. You know, they deal with demons and all this other stuff. So when I, the first time I saw this episode, I was really like, wow, are they going to like go X, all X-Files on us? Well, okay. With the zombie girl in the beginning and then this one, I was like, okay, there's some sort of connection, right? <laughs> I didn't think that they were going to be fighting little green men. <laughs> uh, the boys then, back into the storytelling mode of this, the boys went and interviewed Curtis, that was his name, he really didn't want to talk. He wanted to be off the record. The thing is, Curtis says he blacked out. He lost time. He didn't know where he was. At that point, I was like, you're in college. That happens a lot. If you're not careful with your drinking. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, dude, that's happened to everyone. Right. <laughs> Who hasn't blacked out and lost time? And woke up and didn't know where you were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He claims, though, he, you know, so at first it sounds like, okay, dude, you were just drunk. I, even Sam and Dean kind of looked at each other like, uh, right? And, but then he claims he was tied up and they did tests on him. And he was probed again and again and again and again and again and again. <laughs> this guy just kept going on and on. <laughs> like, 
He wanted to make sure that Sam and Dean realized the probing didn't stop for quite a while. <laughs> and then he says, and then one more time, just to make the emphasis of how many times this poor guy was probed. That wasn't the weirdest part of it, though. Curtis then claims that the alien slow danced with him. Yeah, made him slow dance. And they had a scene here with a great big disco ball. And uh, that lady in red song was playing. And he was, like, slow dancing with the little alien guy. Like, <laughs> that was, I was like, this is bizarre. Yeah, even when you cut back to Sam Dean, they, at this point, they're both speechless. They're both kind of looking at each other like, uh, we got nothing, dude. Well, everyone finds it bizarre because Bobby interrupts their storytelling and he's like, okay, are you guys exaggerating again? They're like, no. And then they showed Sam and Dean and during their flashback storytelling part. Like I say, this is really confusing for you guys listening probably. But as they're retelling the story to Bobby, though, they show that they went and looked at the courtyard and there was a great big round burn spot that looked like a UFO beam-up burn spot or something. Um, but between the haunting and the sexed-up E.T., as they put it, they figured something was going on. They weren't sure what at this point, but they knew something was going on. Dean's retelling the story at this point, though, and uh, says that him and Sam went and talked to Curtis's roommate... And uh, Sam then turns into a huge weirdo with, <laughs> with Curtis's roommate. Uh, well, Curtis's roommate first reveals, like, that guy was an asshole. He had everything coming to him. He was the pledge leader, uh, pledge master. Pledge master for their And he was pledge. brutal to the uh, pledges this year. Like, he freaking deserved it. Which makes me wonder, like, did that dude anally rape someone? Yeah, you never know. Yeah, that's I mean, it. if he got all the probing, you know, because so, that's the thing is they're kind of getting their just desserts, it seems. If this guy was a huge jackball to pledges and there was a lot of butt stuff involved, then mm -hmm. that other guy that fell out the window, if he was a creeper, really macking on uh, girls... And that's just it, is Dean sees that connection that the vote, both the victims were dicks. You know, well, Sam and Dean, though, were in this, as Dan said, it was Dean's telling of the version. Sam does it, I wouldn't say creepy, but just like over emotional with the guy. He's like, I can feel your pain. And, you know, you can tell him and he goes up to him and gives the guy a big hug and says, you're just too precious for this world. And that's what Sam cuts it and goes, wait, I didn't say that. Yeah, it was very much, uh, if you want to imagine how he acted, it was very much like uh, Lloyd Christmas in Dumb and Dumber hugging Mary in that one scene and just going on and on with all this babbling. Right, that's, yes, I didn't remember that until you just mentioned it, but, but yeah. That was the same facial emotions, the same nonsense kind of over the top. Oh, you're so brave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was hilarious. Uh, but, you know, Dean's just a jackball. He has to say that. Yeah, he's just, you're always saying pansy stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah, he got <laughs> called out. Uh, get, they get back to their room, though, and Sam now has lost his computer altogether and thinks that Dean had something to do with it. Yeah, and at this point, I'm like, yeah, Dean probably locked up your computer again, and he's too afraid. Well, Sam starts, f Sam, f Sam, Sam flips his lid and starts yelling at Dean, super pissed off. Bobby asks, D, 
Dean, did you do anything with that computer? Dean claims no. Well, and while they're at this flashback scene and Dean, Sam is telling Dean off, he's like, what would you do if I did something to the Impala? And Dean's reaction was, was well, that would be the last thing you ever did. So, um, yeah, and this is when um, Dean puts a connection together that, you know, these two guys, this guy, if he was into the hazing, he was kind of a dick. If the professor was taking a lot of chicks up to his room and... The reason he was so so famous was because he he's taught morality and wrote a book on morality, and so he was a, a very moral person. So at this point, Dean's like, you know, kind of like poetic justice, if you ask me. We start a new flashback then, and there's a new guy, and he looks down, spots a watch in a sewer grate, gets down on his uh, hands and knees, reaches his arm in to try to grab the watch, and there's a large growl and a monster bites him. Commercial. Now, do we know if that guy was a dick or not? Like, did he come out of a bad place? or? Well, he came out of Crawford Hall, but when Dean was telling Bobby about one more victim, he goes, he was a scientist, animal researcher, you know, another dick. Oh, yep. Gotcha. So, well, that's yeah. why I have in my notes here then. <laughs> new backflash, new guy's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how he was, but thank you for reminding me. Yeah, he was an animal researcher, therefore a dick. Uh, then, I don't know if I got this next note quite right. The cops, though, claim, Sam and Dean claim that the cops didn't investigate because they didn't have a cause of death? No, they investigated, just that they did not have a cause of death. So then we see Sam and Dean breaking into the morgue to kind of check out see what they can see okay so they couldn't find they did investigate but they couldn't find it okay i got that well they break into the morgue uh find the body and there's not much left there's just like a leg and three ribs <laughs> yeah leg and part of the torso it's ridiculous uh clearly something ate them sam says sam takes a closer look at the body and they find a belly scale possibly from an alligator and this all matches the urban legend of giant alligators living in the sewers. How does Sam know what a belly scale looks like? I don't know. He was in college. I don't know. Maybe he, that was one of Maybe. But, yeah, this is when they decide, you know, maybe we should call Bobby and see what he knows about some of this stuff. Because, obviously, we're this here. Well, still in flashback mode, though, we see Dean finding the car with flat wheels. And next to it is Sam's money clip. Dean, uh, super pissed off, goes back to the hotel, and they get in. You know, Dean wants to know, hey, you let all the air out of the tires, you're going to bend the rims. That's screwed up. I found your money clip, so don't say you didn't do it. And they start physically fighting at this point. Yeah, it was pretty funny. They lurk on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's trying to get his money clip from Dean, and Dean's kind of holding it out. Now, Sam's like three inches taller than Dean, so I think his reach, he could have gotten that money clip from Dean if he really wanted to. And Bobby breaks all of this nonsense up, though, because uh, they said that, hey, you showed up about an hour later. And then Bobby's like, it's all pretty clear, you big dummies. You're dealing with a trickster. Yeah, if you guys would pull your heads out of your asses long enough, it would be clear what you're dealing with. And once again, they both look at each other like, uh, we got nothing. They create, so we learn that tricksters create chaos and mischief, and they've been playing Sam and Dean like fiddles. 
keeping them run fighting with each other and not really able to uh, figure out what's going on on campus. Yes, and Bobby also mentions that when they do these tricks, it's usually on the high and mighty. So you would have this college professor who is, wrote a book about morality but wasn't very moral, the Southern College dude, hazing incidents and things like that. Um, and they asked what a trickster would look like, and Bobby said they mainly look human, but they, they can make you see things that aren't there but feel real as if they were there. Yep. They uh, can create and destroy matter at will. Um, after getting this info, though, they realize there's one person that's been involved this whole time. That's the janitor. Yes. Um, Bobby also mentioned that uh, tricksters are demigods, so therefore they're not easy to get rid of. Right. He mentioned Loki in uh, Viking legend as a, as a demigod who's considered a trickster. So... One thing, though, they never talked about how to get rid of a trickster. No, no, they didn't mention that at all. And so we, they say, okay, there's been one person involved this whole time. Well, then we go and we see the uh, janitor hanging out in his crummy old apartment. And he gets up to get something to eat. And he's got like one of those big fancy schmancy six-layer platters full of food and treats and snacks. And then he grabs something to eat, and then he's like, oh, I'm missing something here. And he conjures up two women out of thin air to fawn over him. <laughs> Commercial. Don't forget he had his dog. He had his, his little Jack Russell Terrier. Oh. Which also, when I was reading on this, said could have been an ode to the mask because Jim Carrey's character's dog was a Jack Russell Terrier. Okay. Don't know what that's got to do with anything, but just thought I'd throw it in there. I don't think I've never seen the mask. No, neither have I. But I do remember the dog. Okay. How do you? Re how have you never seen the movie but know about the dog in the movie? Because in one of the commercials, the dog got the mask on for a minute. Oh yeah, you're right. That dog wears the mask for a bit. Maybe we should watch that. Yeah. I wonder if it's scarier than Evil Dead. It can't be any not scarier, <laughs> if that's a word. Well, the next day, the uh, boys are meeting with the janitor that now they know is the trickster. They uh, tell him they need to go back upstairs and work on some wires. And halfway up there, Sam says he forgot something and goes, he goes down and starts snooping around. Sam finds a copy of the Weekly World News and assumes that it's proof that it's him. Yeah. Once Which we actually do know because in that previous scene in his apartment, he was reading the Weekly World News, and he's like, oh, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Because <laughs> he saw how they were rewriting, how the Weekly World News was rewriting what really happened into a really big nonsense. Yeah, it, it really was. But like I said, that's not the first time, not the last time we're going to hear Weekly World News or Busty Asian Beauties either. Um. Jan so, uh, let's see. So, figures that's proof of him. Sam and Dean, though, uh, they're outside discussing stuff. They just start fighting yet again. Janitor is looking out the window, though, at them, uh, bickering. He's got an eye on Dean. Sam barges off, leaving Dean to stay outside and keep an eye out for the janitor. 
Yeah, Sam said he was going to go to the janitor's apartment to check things out. Yeah, and said, don't go in there. Um, that was during the day that he left him. <laughs> the next scene, what time is it? Night. And I put that in my notes. This is one of those wonderful day-to-night scenes where Sam leaves his bright daytime, cut back to Dean, and it's night. How many hours was Dean standing out there at the <laughs> side of the road? Yeah, I have no idea. And finally he looks at his watch and like, ah, screw it. I'm going in. Like, well, yeah, if you were just wandering up and down the block for eight hours, I would too. <laughs> Dean goes inside of the uh, building, hears some music, uh, peeks his head inside of a door. There's a like a theater uh, in there. An auditorium is what I put. An auditorium. Yeah, that makes sense. Halls at halls and colleges have auditoriums. Halls at universities make it sound real fancy. Uh, peeks in, and there's a great big round bed. There's. Uh, there's two girls, there's a lava lamp, there's like sexy lighting. Don't forget your disco ball. Whoa, was the disco ball back? Yeah, the disco ball, and you had some really soul music. Who's that, Isaac Hayes that yeah, sang all those sexy? Hayes. Yeah, Can't get enough of your love, baby. <laughs> yep. And uh, the girl, so Dean, gets, he doesn't just peek in either. He just like wanders in like, hmm, this is weird. Like, dude, have a little caution. <laughs> and uh, the girls start chatting him up. And I'm like, hey, I've been waiting for you. Come on down here. And Dean just keeps walking closer and closer right down next to him. And they really want to be with him. But Dean explains, hey, I know you guys aren't real. They try that whole, but it'll feel real. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, no, I'm not really into it, guys. Well, the trickster... We'll call him the trickster from now on, the janitor. But the trickster comes up from behind and says, Hey, come on, Dean. It's a peace offering. Trickster explains that he knows what Sam and Dean do for a living and claims that he really likes what they do. It's not so much that he likes what they do, but he likes them. He says the other people that he, he took care of, he says they, they deserved it. They all thought they were so, so much of themselves. Like, now, you and Sam, I like you guys. Yeah, he mentions, like, uh, pretty much, couldn't you just, like, hang out with these girls for a while and just let me split town and so we don't have to deal with anything? Dean's like, nope, I can't let you do that. I'm gonna, We're going to have to deal with you. <laughs> yep, can't let that happen. Sorry. Um, Trickster, though, is pretty much saying, like, well, I can just kill you at will because I can make things appear and vanish. And right is the... Trickster's trying to scare Dean into backing down, I feel. Sam and Bobby walk into the uh, auditorium right at that time, and they're both carrying wooden stakes. Yes, before they walked in, though, the Trickster said, you know, Sam was right, you shouldn't have come in here alone. And that's when, like, yeah, you're right, Sam was right. And then that's when Sam and Bobby walk in. Yeah, uh, Trickster realized that the fight outside was a trick. They tricked the Trickster. Oh, my God. Must take a lot to trick a Trickster. Well, all of a sudden, Leatherface shows up <laughs> with a chainsaw running, and everyone just starts kung fu fighting everywhere. Well, you've got Chainsaw Guy going after Sam. Oh, it's Leatherface. Leatherface, yeah. It's, it's got the bag over the head and everything. And then you've got the two girls beating the crap out of Dean. <laughs> so then you have Bobby running to help Sam, but he's not a lot of help because he gets his 
chainsaw. Oh, and they did that comedy thing, too, where uh, you're fighting someone with a chainsaw. And uh, this was Bobby, and he had, like, a fairly big pole of some sort. And he puts it up to block the chainsaw, and then the chainsaw just just saws through it. And then Bobby just looks at the both pieces like, oh, (laughs) it's like, come on. Why does every chainsaw fight have that scene? Because it's comedy gold. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, well, during all this commotion, though, Dean ends up being able to stab the trickster in the face. In, the, no, heart. in the chest. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I said face. Stabbed him in the chest. Uh, Leatherface vanishes. The two girls vanish. Trickster's still laying there. Here's what I found weird. Trickster's bed, lava lamp, lighting. All of that stuff was still on stage. The big round bed. It could have been there for already there for some sort of production. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Come on. You know that that stuff was there because he made the two ladies there. He didn't go out. He didn't go out and buy the stuff and set it there. No, I'm saying it was already there. Maybe there was some play that was already set up. I thought, hey, this will play into my trickster games. I'm just saying. But Well, that is the only answer is that it's, it is real because it should have all vanished too. Right. So, okay, yeah, you're right. They're having some sort of crazy sexy play <laughs> that involves a round bed and, and Isaac Hayes. Uh, commercial. This is the final commercial of the evening, then. Come back. Everyone is okay. We're still in the same hall, by the way. Everyone is okay. The trickster is just laying there on the chairs, dead. Uh, they take off because they're like, well, we got to split before they find the body. They take off um, outside. The car is parked right out front. Um, Bobby hops in. And then uh, as Dean is getting into the driver's seat, Sam then looks over and he starts like, look, like, hey, Dean, I'm sorry. Wanted to make up. And I'm yelling at, personally, I was yelling at the screen like, move, people are looking for you. And it was about two seconds later, all of a sudden, Bobby pops out from the rear seat. He's like, come on, guys, we got to go. Yeah, he says, you guys are breaking my heart, but can we just get out of Dodge? <laughs> can we just leave, please? Because, yeah, he's like, you know, we got to go. We don't have time for this crap. Um, Pretty good episode. I mean, it had Bobby in it, which so far is always uh, a, a plus. I, I really dig that character. Mm-hmm. Uh, the storytelling, comedy stuff back and forth was good. Yes, but you missed the final scene of the program. That wasn't the final scene of the what? episode. That was it. Credits. The final scene was when they go back into Crawford Hall. Oh, and we see someone Lord standing have over mercy. the trickster's body. I did forget the final We see someone standing zone. over the trickster's body, and all of a sudden the trickster's body disappears. And who's standing there? But the trickster himself. So that is right. That is probably why the bed and nothing else disappeared because he wasn't really dead. Son of a bitch. I saw that and I forgot to mention it. Yes, you're absolutely right. That was the best part about the ending. Because Bobby told him he can make you see what you want to see. So I'm sure he did this to throw Sam and Dean off his trail. Uh Yeah, because now they're going to leave town. Get rid of them. Trickster's gone. Don't have to worry about him anymore. Yeah. No, I really dug that too. I, I, I like that the trickster wasn't dead, that he's able to outwit him. 
Um, we haven't seen too many episodes where Sam and Dean just come out losing at the end, basically. I mean, they lost. They didn't know that they lost, but... No, you're right. Yeah, they don't, they don't often lose. It happens once in a while, but not very often. Um, but just think, you know, the, if he's equated with Loki, Loki's been around a long time. He's learned a lot of tricks and how to fool people into thinking he's dead when he's not really. Now, in that very final scene when they panned around, was the bed and everything gone then? No. Okay. Because I was going to say, if then, after the trickster, after the fake trickster vanished, and then the real one, or another one, was standing there, then if the bed and everything had vanished, then I would have called that out as like, hey, why didn't you guys notice that that crap didn't vanish? <laughs> no, I believe it was still there right. even after that. The it's still there, so they were still having a production of Pollyanna or something. <laughs> Little know. women. Yeah. <laughs> Harley's about ready to bark at me. She's yeah, got she that is. crazy look in her eye. She's been uh, on, she's been be on the mood mic? all day. You want to be on mic? Um, other than that, anything else I missed in this episode? No. Oh, come here, Harley. Nope. Uh, that's, that's about it. Um, trickster, Loki, possibly. Um, I can't think of anything else. Sorry if I'm distracted. Now Harley's giving me the stink eye. Yeah, I guess uh, Supernatural's not going to take on aliens yet. Maybe they will later. We'll just have to keep watching. Yes, we will have to keep watching <laughs> on that. Because as Bobby says, aliens are not real. Yeah, it'll be fun to see if they attempt this. Attempt the alien angle anymore. Um... But that's about it from me for this episode in general. Uh, none of this tied into the larger story arc. No, this is a pretty much standalone episode again. Uh, other than it does introduce us to a new entity that, I mean, if he's still there, I can only assume we're going to see him again. In oh. fact, I know I know for a fact that we see him again in later episodes. Yeah, we see him. There's one that after it aired or a while back, you're like, oh, you absolutely have to see this one. Yeah, it was a good one. There's a definite must-see. Is that must-see one that we're not going to mention just yet? Is that in your top ten? Probably. Okay, good. Is it called Groundhog Day? Shush! <laughs> Harley, get Papa. Go get your ball and throw it at him. <laughs> um, so we know that he's back anyways. Bobby, of course, we know is back. And uh, we don't. there's no other characters in this. Yep, those were the only ones that are back, the Trickster and Bobby. And hey, do you think Dean's wheels are fixed now? You think the Trickster fixed his wheels and fixed the computer? Probably. I mean, he says he likes them. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Stop screwing with them. <laughs> <laughs> do some tech support, get that car on the lift, get some new wheels, and let's go. Well, if the air is just let out, they wouldn't need new wheels. They just need to have the air No, the rims in. are bent. Oh. <laughs> Okay. You can't just let air out of those old timey tires. According to Dean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know enough about old cars to know if that was true or not. I do know, though, that uh, your computer, if it locks up on busty Asian Beauties. Asian com, you should just throw it in the river. <laughs> it's broke. <laughs> That's my tech tip for the day. It's equivalent to the blue screen of doom. 
You know, a feature that we discussed a while back that we have actually yet do on the show is the casualty count. Do you have a casualty count in this episode? Um, three, think, right? Yeah, it's three. Oh, no. UFO guy didn't die. He just got butt raped and had to slow dance. <laughs> yeah. I think it was just two. Uh, I think on IMDb it said three, but that could be counting the trickster himself who oh, didn't really die. I mean, we know he didn't really die, but it looked like he died. All right. Casualty count to it. Try to remember this every day. Yeah. See if we can get. You know, when we hit an episode where it's like a million, it's going to be creepy. Oh, it's coming. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, that's all I got. What's the next episode then? Episode 16 is called Roadkill. Oh, yuck. <laughs> it's where this deer who's been in the side of the road for a week comes back to life and starts haunting this town. Gross. Kidding. That is just... That is one of the things I hate about modern life, roadkill. It's yeah. something I can do without in my life. Yeah. I just feel so bad. Me too. Even out riding my bike, man, there's like suicidal squirrels always running in my <laughs> way. Nowadays that they're hauling nuts around too, they're kind of laden. <laughs> one of them I almost hit, it just dropped its nut and then it like gained double speed and split. Well, hopefully they come back for its nuts. No, I kicked it. Aww. Well, I kicked it off into the ditch so he could go grab it. Okay. I mean, it's a, what are you talking about? Like, the squirrel found one nut for the year. He's not gold mining. <laughs> He's making dinner for him and his squirrel family. <laughs> All right, everybody. Just a reminder, come and visit us at Facebook at armchairhunters.com. No, Facebook page is armchair. Armchair Hunters. What did I say? It's at FacebookArmchairHunters.com. What the heck? Our Facebook group is called Armchair Hunters. You can visit our website at coupleofidgets.com. There, there we you, go. There, I that's right. I'm spaghetti fight now. <laughs> and we're streaming on almost all major platforms. Go to the website for more information. Tell your friends. We'll see you tomorrow. Talk to you tomorrow.